Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Evolutionary.org Hardcore 2.0, episode 34. Today's going to be a fun one. You're not going to want to miss this one. Recomping with Prima Bowl and Anavar from Parapharma. So this is one of the most challenging things that we can do in bodybuilding, and that is doing a recomp. So I'll bring in Mobster on this one. But really quick for me, the way I view a recomposition is, look, you want to add muscle tissue and good clean muscle mass and lose body fat at the same time. And that's really, really hard. Naturally, I would say very few people can pull that off. It depends on where you're coming from. It depends what stage you are of your training. Depends on your genetics. There's a lot of different factors. But when you use good quality steroids, it definitely opens the door for more of you to be able to pull this off and it's a beautiful thing. We see this with transformations on the form. You can come on the form and, and watch the transformations that guys are doing on their logs. They're managing to pull this off with the help of steroids. And really, that's what we want to kind of get into on this. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Primo. We're going to talk about Anavar. We're going to talk about how to stack them. We're going to talk about your diet, your training. And we're going to talk about Parapharma and why Parapharma sells some fantastic Primo and Anavar. But first, let me bring in Mobster a little bit. Talk a little bit about recomping. When did recomping really get popular? Because I noticed back in the day, a lot of guys in the 90s were more into bulking. Bulking, 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 eat a lot of food. Let's get big. Let's get strong. And then things started to change, I feel, where people kind of went back to doing more recomp. Yeah. Do you know what? I'll just answer that question, and then I'll get into recomposition per se. Do you know what I think it is, Steve? Back in the day, and I'm going to include myself as, as guilty, puts my hands up, right? You know, um, it was far more common to see the freaks of bodybuilding in the magazines, in the media, even on the early stages of the internet, whatever you want to call it. And I idolized them and say, I would love to be a freak. I would love to be a monster. And traditionally, up to that particular point, you had, in essence, Two seasons, you had the off-season where you grew and you added muscle and you got stronger and you thickened up and you did whatever the hell it is and you and, and you even sort of worked on your weaknesses. And then you had competition mode, which would be cutting down, getting lean, look, ready for the summer and so on and so forth. And you and I have talked about how much easier it is to grow and get heavy and bulk in the winter time because it's naturally when your metabolism slows down a little bit, tries to conserve energy and so on and so forth. And then in the summertime, your skin gets thinner, you lose a bit of body fat, and so on and so forth. And all this is perfectly normal, and especially so if you're a younger guy. The change, I'm guessing, Steve, is probably when I'm, it could even be 30-something years ago now, Steve, because I'm an old motherfucker, but not everybody that comes to the gym now. And you recognize this far more now in gyms and health clubs and whatever else than you ever would before. Not everybody idolizes the current Mr. Olympia, the, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger of their day. 
So instead of the guys like myself back in the day wanting to be huge, great, muscular, on-stage freaks or monsters of strength or whatever else, we actually started to get more people coming into the sport, which is great. It means the, the, the ground floor is way, way bigger and, and gyms and health clubs have grown enormously. As you know, the industry is just kind of crazy now in terms of what you and I would consider the whole industry. It might not be our kettle of fish when we go to certain particular gyms and health clubs, but the overall industry in the United Kingdom, just as, and I know the numbers for the United Kingdom, never mind America, is absolutely massive. There's way more money, way more people training, way more people keeping fit and so on. And the population's grown as well, of course. Huge percentage of the younger fellas don't want to be massive. So they're much more likely to see the six-pack. They're much more likely to want slim but muscular arms. You've got the gay influence, all of those kind of things. And so recomposition, lose a little bit of my fat belly, uh, get some tone in my arms, put a little bit of uh, meat on my chest so I can look for the disco, for the clubs, whatever else. It's become far more popular. And as a percentage, it's probably way, way more popular than the idea of becoming a 260-pounds on-stage freak. Now, I still think there's an element for the freakish side of the sport to inspire and to motivate. They're going to listen to the same kind of music. They're going to watch these people's videos on, on, on Insta and on TikTok and on YouTube. And it's going to G them up and make them want to go to the gym. But their target, their, their, what they're actually aiming for, has changed. And so, therefore, recompositions become far more popular because, like I say, not everybody wants to be an absolute monster. Now, recomposition, scientifically speaking, is a piece of piss. Absolute piece of piss. I could change. Hell, Stephen, you know right now I'm doing a cut. There are things I could do right now to cheat. And I'm talking about scientifically testing myself with one of those kind of tests where they stick you in a tank of water. And I could cheat by, for example, stopping creatine for a few days and drop some water. I could literally up my water intake and change my body fat percentage and my muscular percentage. I could, if I was not a creatine user, start using creatine. And so on and so forth. And scientifically speaking, weighed in that particular way, body fat calipers, the whole thing, I could change my percentages. Literally, for example, see just adding muscle but keeping the same poundage of body fat on the body would mean that you've changed your body fat percentage because you've added more muscle therefore there's more muscle to fat ratio and so on and so forth and arguably in a scientific analysis that would be recomposition but true recomposition what we think of as recomposition and what our listeners would think of as recomposition is very very difficult it, it, it's because again you're pushing against nature the, the the ability to bulk in the winter the ability to cut in the summer and you're asking your body to do two things at once now it does a million things at once with its breathing and going to the toilet all at the same time and blinking your eyes and whatever else but trying to get your body to add muscle and serious amounts of muscle it might only be five pounds but at the same time for argument's sake dropping five or ten pounds of body fat so that you can see those changes so that they are, are, are not scientifically a fractional percentage or whatever but properly visible the transformations of the kinds that you and i love to see in the training logs that we used to see in the magazine adverts etc those are kind of difficult and even the magazine adverts let me just touch on that briefly used to have i'm thinking specifically one very very big company which i won't name and they kind of cheated a little bit because you'd have an out of shape professional bodybuilder take him when he was eating burgers in the winter. And then, you know, later on in the summertime, he was getting ready for competition. And, of course, they would say the product, 
is the reason why this particular athlete looks the way that they did. Even the ones that didn't cheat that much would do really bad lighting and poor tan in the morning, send them away to get a tan, use much better lighting, hitch up the shorts, and have them flex, and appear to have transformed, and it was literally in a day. Right, so this is where you go, that was unrealistic, and it makes uh, young fellas and, and young ladies coming into the sport thinking, oh, that's what I can do. But as I say, true, real composition, where there's a transformation of added muscle on a chest, acid muscle on the triceps, your quads are starting to pop, separation in the muscles, and then body fat dropping significantly. At the same time, it's kind of like trying to go uphill and reverse in, in reverse gear, but trying to go forward at the same time. It's kind of really, really difficult to do truly, properly, very well. There will always be a percentage of people that can do it. And there's one more thing that comes into this, and, and this is one, I won't call it a trick, but it's much easier if you've trained before, stopped training, and then come back to the sport. What you and I refer to, and many other people refer to as muscle memory, means that someone who suddenly changes their diet, tidies it up, goes clean, stops eating junks, cuts out the booze, stops smoking, stops doing the recreational and the late nights, et cetera, et cetera, starts doing prep meals at work and so on and so forth, and goes back to the gym and hits the gym, that person will see recomposition way, way, way more than someone who's been hitting the gym regularly, uh, tra training hard for a long time and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, again, even it's just you and I could be good examples, Steve, where we might slack off the diet for a little bit. We might, and just literally cutting out the junk is going to give us a small transformation. But the real thing, the, 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 the real magical version of recomposition, the real, real hard one to do, super, super hard. Now, obviously, and you touched on this earlier on, solid product, solid anabolics, great approved source type products like Parapharma will help but we're going to get into the specifics of what other aspects are and how that works and so on and so forth. And of course, we're going to give you some suggestions, guys, that will definitely have some uh, pluses in the recomposition. But like I said, the true one, the real freaky kind that we love to see, there's the sort of absolutely crazy out there transformations. They're very, very hard. So be warned, guys, if you do decide to do it, you're really going to have to be 100% on point. But pay attention to some of the tips and suggestions that we're going to come up with and be that person that really knuckles down and does exactly the kind of stuff that we're talking about to get it done. What do you think, Steve? Look, your body, it's, it's survival mechanisms that are in place. It makes it very difficult to do that. Our bodies always want to store fat. That's just how – that's survival. Um, the reason is is because we've gone through so many periods throughout – human history, we're talking 2.5 million years of human history of famines. And how do we survive those famines? How have humans grown to be 6, 7 billion in the world today on earth, which is way, way, way too many. When at one point there was only a thousand of us, how do we go from a thousand to, to 7 billion? It's because we built up ways to survive. Even though when we give birth, we only give birth to typically one baby at a time. Now, sometimes you can have two babies, three babies. They're called you know, twins and triplets. But for the most part, most of you, you give birth to one kid at a time. A cat gives birth to how many kittens? A dog gives birth to how many dogs? That's their survival mechanism. They give birth to a lot at one time. Chickens, they give birth to lots. Of, they can lay a bunch of eggs. Same thing. But with humans, because we can't reproduce that much... 
you know, we have to survive. So our survival mobster to survive different things is to store body fat from excess fuel reserves from food. So you can eat a lot of food, use that excess food to be stored as fat to be used in a future time. So that's why you see, you know, obesity is so rampant among human beings today. And it will continue to get worse, especially around the world as middle class uh, societies grow. But that that works against you when it comes to building a physique and losing body fat and being able to put muscle at the same time. So there's a lot of intricities, you know, to to this topic. We've talked we talk about about the stuff and the science on the on the podcast as well. But then the day, recomping is extremely difficult, and it's going to come down to using proper steroids and stacking them correctly. And that's what we're going to explain in this one. So I'm also touch on that one more time really quick. And then we'll get into Primo Bowl and start talking about what makes Primo such a good one for pre for uh, recomp. One of the things that Steve just touched upon, and we've talked about this on previous shows, Steve, is the, is the nature aspect. So we've talked about hunting for antelope and the African uh, velt running across the grasses and chasing after an animal. And it's really weird. And you can actually do this in training, Steve. So, uh, if a lion is running after you, suddenly you have lots of adrenaline and energy that you might not have had a minute ago because you was lolling around with your mates. But now this lion can run into war juice. And now suddenly you have a burst of adrenaline and energy that comes from somewhere that your body instantly releases. And off you and your mates run onto the rocks up off the mountain very, very quickly. In the gym, you have the same thing. We can do some absolutely crazy stuff in the gym and fill up with dying and be flopped out on the floor of the gym gasping for breath thinking there's no fucking way I'm going to do that again. And yet five minutes later, we're able to get up, walk out to the car, go shopping with the missus and so on and so forth. But you were doing stuff a few minutes ago that made you feel like your heart was going to come out of your chest. So the body is incredibly good at holding on, as Steve says, to energy. And it's the reason why obesity is so bad, not just for multiple reasons like shit, food, and processed, and God knows what else, Steve. But as you say, it's quite simple, a survival mechanism. And the problem that we're trying to do sometimes with bodybuilding weightlifting, and specifically with recomposition, is force it to do something that it doesn't want to do. That's just adding muscle. There's a great reason why there's not a lot of 300-pound people around that are full of muscles and six-packs and serratus and God knows what else, Steve, because functionally, the human race doesn't work well at chasing antelopes and whatever else when it weighs 300 pounds. So it's a difficult thing for the body to want to do. That's why there's only a few of us like that. Same thing again when it comes to recomposition. It wants to hold on to fat for emergencies, just in case of famines, like Steve says. And the functional muscle is fine. Excess muscle, so to speak, is not. So again, and that's just that's just nature, Steve. So yeah, touch on that once more, and then we move on, as you say. Yeah, so we're fighting nature all the time. This is why bodybuilding is a challenge. That's why we love it. You know, people who love bodybuilding, you know, the people who get into bodybuilding and they quit, like they open the gym, get a gym membership and they quit. They sign up for a year at the gym. They quit after a month or two. They just don't love it. They don't love the challenge, you see. But guys like Mobster and I, we love the challenge of bodybuilding. We love fucking challenges. And I, I freaking it's attack. It's not easy. We, we want yeah. it to be ours. We want to be yeah. one in a hundred. When yeah. you accomplish it, it feels so much that sweeter, you know. So this is the way it works. And look, at the end of the day, we can start with Primo Bolin. Primo Bolin, it's been around a long time for recomping. 
Back in the 70s, it was the golden nectar for these guys. Arnold Schwarzenegger loved Prima Bowling. He would run 100 milligrams a day of Prima Bowling, which is 700 milligrams a week, which is a very high dose for those times. And guys, today, they will use Prima Bowling. The nice thing about Prima Bowling, I'll tell you this, the reason Prima Bowling is such a good option for recomping is when you take it, you can literally fast on Prima Bowling, no problem. Because it's got such low side effects. It's not a great nutrient partitioner. It's not very androgenic. It's not very anabolic. Okay. So really you can run it and just not care about stuffing yourself. Other steroids, the ones that are very anabolic, the ones that are very androgenic, those you've got to keep forcing your body. You got to carb up when you're on those. Otherwise you'll start feeling the effects of the side effects. Like you won't be able to sleep. If you're running some of these other steroids. So this is a really good option. Primo is a good option for those of you out there who are always fighting hunger. And a lot of you out there, you've built up these habitual eating things. I see this all the time with people. They get stressed out, they eat. Or they're in front of the TV, they eat. Think about it. And that is one of those things. The worst thing I see too, and this started during the whole office, stay at home type of thing is people who work from home or people who work in an office and a desk job. What do they have next to them, officer? They have chips. They have snacks. They have, you know, their coffee from Starbucks that's full of, you know, garbage in it, you know? And that's basically what, what has led to these issues, but it becomes a habitual thing. I wake up in the morning, I go to Starbucks, I buy a $9 coffee that's full of cream and sugar. I bring it, I drink it, mm, it tastes good. That's the habitual thing. I go to the snack machine. I put, you know, $2 in there. I get some potato chips and I snack on it while I'm at my desk. It becomes a habitual thing. When you're on Prima Bowlin, you don't get those cravings for foods. You don't get those carb, you know, carb effects. You don't get that blood sugar going up and down. You don't get the, the dopamine effects, the prolactin effects where it messes with your mind where you get those habitual munchies. You work from home, you got a refrigerator and freezer downstairs and a pantry full of food. What do you do every fucking 10 minutes? You go downstairs and you pop open your pantry and you grab a snack. You pop open your fridge, you grab a snack. That's a habitual thing. It's not that you're really hungry, but it's just become a habitual thing. So on Primable, you can fight those urges to have these snacks that are really messing you up. Because every time you snack, your insulin levels take a jog up. And every time your insulin levels take a jog up, remember what, what I said at the beginning of the segment? The survival mechanism of storing comes into play. So now you start storing fat. Your body is going to use the is going to use that snacking to store more fat to be used at a later time. But you're never going to use it in the future. But your body doesn't know that. So that's the problem, and that's why a lot of you can't lose weight and a lot of you can't recall. So Primobolin is a great option for that. And back in those days, Arnold, he would eat two or three meals a day tops. That's it. He wouldn't snack in between his meals. He'd just eat two to three good quality, high-protein uh, high meals. Okay, he'd get in, you know, a typical meal would be like chicken, brown rice, and broccoli. That's it. That's what he eat, or or maybe a sweet potato instead of the brown rice. That's a simple bodybuilding, you know, uh, meal, and it wouldn't be a huge portion either. Uh, it wouldn't be like where you go to the restaurant, you sit down, you order chicken and broccoli, and they bring you this huge ass piece of chicken, 
smothered in gravy and cooked in refined oils. It was good quality foods. Back in the 70s, you had good quality foods in America. It's not like today. So, I mean, it's different. And that's how he was able to make a nice physique. And guys in those age were able to be lean and have that nice physique. So you really have to appreciate Prima Bowl for that reason, mobster. And that's part of the reason I like it as a recomper because of the low side effects and because the way it's flexible when it comes to dieting. You can literally go on and fast for 22 hours and just eat one meal a day on Prima Bowl. No problem. You can't do that on other steroids. So that's that's the big challenge. You know, if you if you take Dianabol, you're gonna have the munchies all day. If you take Trend, you're gonna have to carb all day. You're gonna have to carb up because that trend is gonna fuck with your dopamine in your mind, and it's also gonna throw your insulin levels all over the place. And that's gonna cause you to have to eat something. Other otherwise, you're not gonna be able to sleep at night, or you're gonna wake up in the middle of the night and sweats. Your heart rate's gonna go crazy. You see what I'm saying? So that's why. Prima Bone is such a good option for recomping, especially if you're starting at a place where you're a little high on the body fat end, which most of you guys are. And we all can, can stand to lose some body fat. So this is a really, really good option for you in that situation. So we'll start there with Prima Bowling. And look, Mobster, you can get in on it. You know, they love Prima Bowling back in your day. Absolutely, Steve. Uh, uh, even though it might have been, been a small child when Arnold was doing his thing, uh, absolutely. I think the thing is for me with Primo, when when you read into it, when you look at it, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and guys, they love to do the science, they love to do the ratios and whatever else. I think the phrase that stands out for me, looking at the article that I'm referring to as we do this podcast, is the anti-catabolic. So, what does that mean? It means you're training. You've decreased your calories, you're dieting, you've cleaned up your diet, et cetera, et cetera. And what's Primo doing? Primo is holding on to that muscle, that muscle that's underneath that little bit of body fat. It's stopping that dissipating. Now, if we run it, and bearing in mind we're talking about a stack here today, guys, if we run it on its own, as you're dieting, it's going to help you retain the lean muscle that's underneath there. So you still have something to show when you finish the diet. You don't get that stringy kind of half fat, half muscle gone away in the diet kind of look that some people have. So that was another thing. And that's, of course, exactly why back in the day, Steve, it was especially popular as part of a, a competition diet, getting ready for a competition. You don't want to lose all those gains that you got in the off season. So you're holding on to muscle as much as possible. So that is a, a big, big, big part of it. I don't really think of it, and I think most people would argue probably the same, because you'd have to do absolutely crazy dosages, and it's expensive, and really there are so many other options. I don't see it really as what we would call a true anabolic. And what do I mean by that, guys? I just simply mean that there are other If you want to get bigger muscular, lean or otherwise, there are other options. There are cheaper options, but if you want to hold on to muscle – while you're dieting, while you're trying to get that look that we discussed at the beginning, then Primo is perfect. And it's even better when, as we're going to discuss shortly, you're combining it with a drug like Anavar. So it's apps, those two things together. I'll give a great example, Steve, and I use myself just from my own personal experience. I've discussed multiple times how when I've trained for Anavar, for me, it is an amazing drug for me to get stronger on. Love it. Never done crazy dosages, always knew where I was going to be in terms of my strength, especially if I didn't need to get much bigger than I already was at that time or now. Whereas uh, 
body weight wise, I never went up more than say five pounds, two and a half kilos. Pretty much that was a given. If I was 280, I'd go to 285. If I was 200, I'd go to 295. And I didn't need to be that much bigger. I just needed to be that little bit stronger. So for me, it was perfect. And in recomposition, that's what we're kind of talking about, guys. We're not talk talking about recombining a huge fat loss, let's say 20 pounds, and at the same time, putting on 20 pounds of muscle. Lo and behold, the scale doesn't move an inch. But I look absolutely amazing because this is what I've done. That's not what we're talking about. What we're really talking about for the majority of listeners is something like, Steve, 5 to 10 pounds of fat loss, especially if it comes off the waist, and 5 to 10 pounds of muscle gain. And that, honestly, Steve, that would be, for 99% of our listeners, absolutely fucking perfect. It's, it's not, neither drugs, crazy stressful on the body. You're not really having to do crazy things, except perhaps a little bit more control with the diet and obviously with the cardio. And like I said, if you're strict with those, you're going to get better results like we talked about. But really, this is not a harsh, horrible combination that's going to kind of fuck you up. I talked about this on other shows where I said the strongest drugs, the ones that are crazy for strength, the ones that are crazy for creating huge amounts of muscle and so on and so forth are actually kind of stressful. They're actually, where you discussed, with trend with inflammatory and so on and so forth. Neither of these drugs are, in my opinion, those kind. They're not crazy, crazy stressful, which is why they make this it's absolutely perfect stack in my uh, thought process for the majority of listeners that want to see a transformation but are not prepared to go to the outer edges and do crazy stuff and do crazy dosages and so on and so forth. I want to touch on Anavar specifically now. And again, I'll get to bring Steve in very quickly. But again, for me, my own personal experience, as I've just discussed, is five pounds of muscle. Uh, Ratios-wise, you could actually probably argue if I'm putting on five pounds of muscle, I've actually decreased my body fat percentage if you were doing the science. But I've never run Primo, Steve. Now, again, I'm going to say that I think you might have. So jump in and have a talk, chat about you running the, the Anavar and or Primo as a combination yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've definitely run Primo a, a couple times. I've definitely run uh, Anavar a few times. And uh, look, at the end of the day, they're both DEC derivatives. So they're both obviously not going to aromatize into estrogen. And that's not going to add the water weight. That's not going to fluff out your muscles. So that's another effect of recomping. So you got to remember recomping. Technically, with recomping, even if you gain one ounce of muscle tissue and you lose one ounce of body fat, that's technically a recomp, obviously. But at the end of the day, let's say you're on a cycle and you lose 2% body fat, but you, you add like two ounces of muscle mass, okay? You're going to look a hell of a lot better in the mirror. So really, that to me is a great recomp. If you can just maintain or add a little bit of muscle mass and drop a bunch of body fat, that is a great recomp right there. So you'll definitely look cut. I've actually done a recomp before and I've had people say, wow, you look bigger. And I was like, really? I was like, I'm down like seven pounds. I told them like, I'm, I've actually lost seven pounds. They're like, there's no way you lost seven pounds. I'm like, yes, I did. They're like, no, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> I literally lost seven pounds because I lost all that water off my frame and I lost yeah. body fat, like 3% body fat, you know? So that's like, nine pounds that i lost of that and then i gained like two pounds of muscle you see so i've net negative seven pounds 
but I look a hell of a lot better. So keep that in mind with a recomp. And it could be the opposite too, mobster. You can actually gain weight and it can be yes. a recomp as well. Yes. Let's say I gain five pounds of muscle, but I lost three pounds of fat. That's a recomp. You know, so you actually end up netting two pounds of, of positive it, weight. So it can work both ways. Let me give you a very quick example, Steve, of just how such transformations can, on paper, like Steve said, seem kind of weird and skewed. You know, they couldn't believe you could be lost seven pounds. Easy example, Steve, losing weight off your neck and your chin. And now you, you've got the, the, your, your cheekbones are sticking out more. You put on half a pound of muscle onto your delts and i mean half a pound half a pound on one day half a pound on the other day but you take two pounds three pounds off your waist right straight away i mean what we're talking about there five or six pounds total you said seven but what do you look like guys you look wider across the shoulder leaner in the face that people are going what's different about you and your waist has gone down you've actually changed a notch on your belt two notches maybe steve and all of a sudden, your waist looks smaller, your shoulders look wider, there's some weight missing off your neck and your face, the little jelly looks disappeared, and I mean the tiniest jelly, look, the little puffy looks gone, and like Steve says, on the scale, seven pounds, but people are going up to, what the fuck's going on, Steve? What have, what have you done? And what do you mean, what have I done? I've lost seven pounds. No, 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 you look wider, because he is wider, but he's brought that waist down, he's leaned out in the face, and suddenly... He looks completely different. And this is why when I was talking about it earlier on, Steve, the, 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 the average Joe, the listener, is going to go, do you know what? I think that's exactly the kind of stuff that I like. Being able to wear that suit again, looking great in a suit, because suits always accentuate that kind of stuff on the fella. Women can do power suits too, power dressing, Steve. And just having that kind of look, great, great for women, for example, Steve, would be the power dress, the one with the sleeves missing. And suddenly your arms look a little bit leaner. You look like a boss. And it's and what are we talking about? In case of say a typical woman, two or three pounds of fat, tops, tops less than that off their arms, flattening out the belly, and suddenly they look like they're gonna kick ass in the boardroom. And it's just that, and that's tiny amount of overall tissue, like Steve says, total scale was seven pounds for Steve. But in reality, there was probably 10 pounds of fat but three pounds of muscle, but it just went to the right places and he looked that much better. And that's exactly why, Steve, recompositions are so goddamn popular. And especially really with not necessarily what you and I would call bodybuilders as such, but just having that great transformation. And you don't have to be a bodybuilder to use PEDs. You don't have to be a bodybuilder to come and use parapharma products. So it's just this kind of sort of stuff is going to be, I actually think this might be one of our most popular podcasts, Steve, because I actually think it would benefit more people than, than the people that you and I normally deal with and normally talk to and normally aim this podcast at. What, what would you talk about in terms of, again, for me, I've never run Anavar at anything over 50 milligrams. And I actually think the 50 milligrams is an absolute sweet spot of all time when it comes yeah. to Anavar. And again, for the majority of listeners, what about you, Steve? Yeah, so Anavar, the nice thing about using Anavar um, is, you know, it's a good hardener. It's good for vascularity. It's going to harden you up. It's going to dry you out a little bit, but it's not an, an extreme version of some of these other DHEs out there. It's not like a, it's not going to dry you out as much as Winstrel. It's not going to, it's not going to cause the hardening as much as Masteron. So it's more flexible. So 
really on the anabar, you can still do some cardio on it, but the pumps do take their toll, especially on the lower back pumps. Now, for you know, it, it, for a lot of people out there, you try running on anabar. That's the downside of the stack of the Primavol and anabar stack right there is the running aspect. Because if you depend on jogging and running for your cardio, you're going to have a tough time on Anavar. I can make it about three quarters of a mile at a, at a good pace before my lower back pumps get out of control. And that's even on touring. So for me, I don't recommend doing a lot of you know running when it comes to Anavar. We're going to get into training later. So based yeah. on that, it's very important before you start the cycle to already be in really, really good shape and be prepared for that. So with Anavar, it's a little different, but it's not as extreme as some of those, those other steroids that I mentioned. So you can still be a little flexible on it. But what I like about Anavar, just like the Prima Bolin, is it's not going to mess with your appetite too much. So when it comes to dosing, um, I really like 30 to 50 milligrams on the Anavar. And then with the Primo, if you're going to stack Primo with it, in this case, Primo, you can go anywhere from 400 to 600 milligrams a week, and that's going to be good. So you got to remember, like Arnold used 100 milligrams a day. We're pretty confident of that. So that's 700 milligrams a week. So if Arnold was taking 700 milligrams a week, there's no reason why you can't have results on 400 to 600 milligrams a week. So that's really the the way that stack would shine. That's how I'd run them both together. Now you can start stacking other things. Now Parapharma, they have other options too. Their Anavar is great. Their Primabolin is great. They have every other steroid out there that you could possibly dream of. All right. So, I mean, just looking on their website, you guys can go right now and check out on, on their website, the Parapharma website, and look at all the stuff they have. You can take a look at this. They have really good, Parapharma testosterone. Now, what I would recommend with the testosterone, because the prima bolin is a longer ester, it's an NFA ester, it makes sense to just go ahead and stack testosterone NFA with it. So what I would do is I would get a little bit of a testosterone for the cycle, and you can add the testosterone to the prima bolin, but you don't want to run too much testosterone here. Because remember what I said at the beginning of the show about appetite. So testosterone, when you run testosterone at a moderate dosage, it will, in 90% of you, increase your appetite. It's also going to make you retain water. So this is not what we want. Uh, to, to have a successful recomp, it's very important to not be retaining water. All right. So we want to keep our testosterone dose low. I wouldn't exceed 125 or 150 milligrams a week of testosterone if you want to use testosterone with it. That will give the cycle a little bit of an androgenic kick. So it can be advantageous, but it's not mandatory. And I'll bring in Mobster to talk a little bit about why you don't need to run testosterone every cycle in a second. But I want to talk about some of the other steroids. I wouldn't add a DHT derivative to the stack. You already have two DHT derivatives. Anavar and Primabolin are both DHT derivatives. I don't see the point of adding in a Winstrol or a Mastron here. I really don't. Because you already have two. So remember what we've talked about on other podcasts about stacking steroids. There's a method to the madness. What you're missing here is an androgen. So you could throw in some Parapharma Dianabol, believe it or not, at a low dose, 10 milligrams a day. That's it. 
And lo and behold, that's what Arnold figured out back in the 70s. That's the two of his favorite steroids were Primabone and Dynabol. He ran them together. He ran two to three tablets of, of Dynabol a day with his Primabolin. And then he stopped the Dynabol um, just to shred up more. So in this recomp, if you want to add a little androgenic kick, you can add a little Devo to it. Just a little bit. 10 milligrams a day. That's all. That's all you need. And then you can go ahead and stack it with the Anabar and you can stack with the Primo. That would be a good stack for recomping because that will give you a little bit of a kick. But it's not necessary. And let's say you were to do it and you were to notice, oh my God, even this 10 milligrams of D-Bowl is increasing my appetite. You can always stop the D-Bowl. You can always stop the D-Bowl. So it keeps it flexible. So that would be a really, really good stack as well. A third steroid that could work here if you wanted to add a little something to give it a little bit more of an androgenic kick is, is equipoise. And equipoise is nice because it won't mess with you like some of these other steroids out there. So you could add in, say, 200 milligrams of equipoise along with your Primo. So you could do 400 Primo, 200 equipoise, and then 30 to 50 milligrams a day of Anavar. That's it. That's all you need. And you can get a good recomping effect from that stack. So Mobster touched on that a bit. And what are some stacks that you like before we get into diet and training? Do you know what, Steve? I'm going to touch on something you said earlier on. Personal experience of the side effects of Anavar are 100% what Steve said. I've had, I've told you a story before, walking into town on uh, made for me by a buddy, uh, 50 milligrams in a capsule with creatine Anavar and getting shin pumps like you wouldn't believe. Walking, I think it was like a mile and a quarter mile and a half into town to go to the bank, Steve, and the pumps were horrendous. Equally, showing the fella uh, how to do a little kettlebell uh, circuit and set him up, and I said, I'll show you how it's done. Two minutes in, back pumps from hell, like Steve said. So here's what I would do. I would take Steve's advice in regards to making sure that my fitness was beginning to be on point as I went into a recomposition stack. But I'd also do low-intensity stuff. I would not be doing the crazy balls out, rest crazy balls out style of cardio. It would all be low-intensity, just up there, just elevating the heart rate. And, and, and in this particular example, Steve, letting the diet do as much as possible. Regards dosing and stacking. Uh, do you know what, guys? And, and those of you who listen to me on a regular basis know that I'm a big fan of low dosages compared to most people. And just to use the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger analogy again, uh, it was reputed when these kind of stories first surfaced way back in the day and, and as they get resurrected from time to time, that the numbers that he was using was quote-unquote excessive compared to the numbers what others were using. It was, a great, it was a great example of, Steve, he must be using more drugs and has to be better than us. So even, even if half of that's true, the idea was that some of them were using one D-Bowl, two D-Bowl a day, and it was Arnold that took it to three, Arnold that took it to four, and so on and so forth. In reality, uh, again, there's no need to do crazy high dosages. I'm sure some of you will go, do you know what, fuck whatever they say, I'm going to double up. So, Steve, honestly, I can't see that I would probably want to run more than 300 milligrams a week of Primo. And, and, and as I said already, the optimal dosage, we could actually run a little bit less on this stack of Anavar, is 50 milligrams a day but because of the pumps that we've already talked about i actually might drop it to to uh, 30 milligrams a day like you said and maybe up it slowly especially if the person in, that's doing that has got better condition than i have for example and handle the cardio better is in more shape than i am when it comes to fitness 
And then again, with for example, you can you can inject primo acetate, Steve, every day, but I would probably go for a slightly longer ester or or, or whatever, and and just. And again, I'm not a big fan of injecting every day, so I'm just going to make it easy on you guys. I'd probably go every other day. Steve talked about a height of perhaps 600 milligrams. Yeah, that's it, Steve. Absolutely. And with the 350 milligrams that you'd be taking a week if you went on the Anavar, that's 950 and you're under a gram a week, which is lovely. But I actually think most, most listeners, most users, a little bit less, a little bit lower, and you can always tweak it later on. Would I, for example, on this stack kickstart? No. I can't see the point, Steve. Uh, Anavar works quite quickly. It's, you know, half-life is a fraction of the day. Primo's got a relatively short half-life. Uh, it depends on, there's arguments for and against. Primo's an oral, it's got quite a short half. Primo as an injectable. And again, an acetate version of that would be quicker. So I would use a longer-acting ester. Um, how long would I stay on? Recomposition. Really, ideally, and I'm guilty of this myself, if it comes to a fat loss or whatever else, I think in order for you guys to see proper transformations and, and for want of a better phrase, stickability, i.e. that you look good and stay looking good for a reasonable period of time afterwards, it's going to be a minimum of eight weeks. Uh, what about the D-bowl that Steve suggested earlier on? Do you know what, Steve? And again, I'm not a fan of specifically using any kind of drug uh, outside of competition as a pre-workout type product, but you can use again steve talked about i think 10 milligrams uh use that before you enter the gym just for the pump because it's quite re relatively quick acting and so on and so forth and again maybe it's one of those things that when you're dieting when you're trying to add muscle lose fat at the same time you're not necessarily going to feel fucking amazing steve it's actually going to be kind of tough as we said earlier on it's difficult to do so a little tiny bit of d-bowl like that would be great what else steve <sighs> drying drugs i'm thinking things like we EQ and Winstrol um, test that's two touched upon, and I'll, I'll deal with that very, very quickly. So we have seen this said a million times. I could probably find 10,000 examples on one of our forums right now of you need a test base. Do you bollocks? Absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. It is one of those myths, a bro science myth. That's been doing around for a million years. <laughs> if, if, if anabolics have been around for a million years, it would have been there on like day two or something, Steve. And I, I can go back from forums 30, 40 years ago and still say you need a test base. And it was always spouted because it seemed to make sense. In reality, you're using forms of testosterone. And why some people, while some people, should I say, do feel like they need and respond well to having at least a solid form of testosterone in there. I don't think it applies to everybody, Steve. I think, why, why, and this is the way that I would look at this stack again, why mess with it? Why not see if this stack on its own is going to do the work that you're hoping for rather than tweak it and change it and muck around with it? Now, that said, and Steve's actually touched upon this on other shows, if it ain't bloody working, we can change it. And that's why we get you to come onto the forums, tell us what's happening, tell us that your calories are great, tell us that your cardio is amazing, show us the stuff you're doing in the log in the gym, and we go, hang on, tweak the dosage, or just bring this one thing in for a couple of weeks. If it's great, keep it there, and so on and so forth. And it's, it's, it's subtle changes, Steve. It doesn't have to be sledgehammer type stuff. You don't have to suddenly treble the dose. You don't have to suddenly change the stack completely, and so on and so forth. And I've got to be honest, Steve, I think Primo and Anavar, like I said earlier on, 
is a great recomposition stack because it's holding on to muscle tissue and because the little bit of muscle you're putting on specifically with the Anavar is just enough, like we said with Steve's seven pounds transformation, to look fucking brilliant on pretty much every listener that's on here right now if they're the average build, average kind of body weight and so on and so forth. That little bit of a change, that little bit of fat loss, that little bit of muscle is absolutely perfect. Now, what I want to get into now, Steve, briefly, training and nutrition. Right. Here's the thing. If what you was doing before hadn't transformed you, you're going to need to change what you're doing. That might be as simple as increasing the volume. It, and in fact, because I train for strength, you don't really need to train for strength. You're not looking to train for strength. You're looking to recomposite. You're looking for recomposition. You're looking to add a little bit of muscle. So here's the thing, right? If you're training, I'll give you an example again. The little transformation idea that I suggested when we were talking about Steve's seven-pound transformation earlier on. Maybe I would, if I was coaching you or Steve was coaching you, a little bit more work on the shoulders, a little bit more work on the obliques, a little bit more ab work, maybe some pranks just to flatten the belly out. If you're a woman, I might get you to do more glute work. And I'm, what am I looking at? I'm looking to sculpt or add muscle tissue to those areas that are going to accentuate any changes that you're making in the gym. And it might well be that you're already doing something, but we're only going to tweak it, play with the volume, change an exercise, get you to flex harder at the contraction, that kind of stuff to get those muscles to pop out, the so-called show muscles, Steve. And equally at the same time, what we're looking at in the kitchen. Now, recomposition isn't some magic one transformation. You're not looking, like I said earlier, on 20 pounds. So what can you do, Steve? Weigh your food. If you're already eating reasonably clean, weigh stuff. If you're already, for example, and I'm just doing this right now, Steve, measure. I don't even weigh necessarily, but I might measure. I might start to use a cup or a beaker or a measuring scoop for things, whereas normally might guess it. Now I've got that much more control. I might, for example, Steve talks about this all the time. Am I on food that's incredibly boring and difficult for me to eat? So why don't I mix things up by adding spices? Keep things super tight, but make it more interesting to eat. Might I, for example, and we get this with a lot of listeners, difficulty or oh, don't like vegetables. And I'm like, motherfucker, you don't have to like them, you've got to eat them. You're trying to, you, you want to look good, you want to look amazing. So we start to do these kind of tweaks. This is another reason why we encourage logs on a forum. You go, okay, let's look at what you're doing. Are you going out a lot? No, no more of that. Start prepping food at the house. Do you work on the road? Okay, prep food at the weekend. Because it might be as simple as that, Steve. It might be literally, I can't eat any more than what's in my little plastic Tupperware tub, as opposed to going out for that evening meal. And one of the things Steve talks about when we talk about going out for fast food, restaurant food, whatever else, which you wouldn't necessarily do in the house, which would be great for recomposition. No more fucking sauces on your food. No more of that stuff that's saturated in sugars and fats. What was Steve on about with the chicken with the gravy on it earlier on? But underneath there is the chicken's been fried. So what are we talking about? Guys, in this country, we've got the air fryers. They're massively popular. You've had them in the States for years. They're hugely popular over in there, Steve. You literally have a tablespoon of oil in the bottom of the air fryer, and that cooks everything. The whole freaking chicken gets a tablespoon, not like several tablespoons, not a pan full of fat, literally a sometimes less steam, uh, steaming vegetables. 
instead of having, like we said already, no more sources. And honestly, that could be as simple as the changes you guys need to make. Now, if you're already there, that's when we get you to come on a forum and say, okay, let's have a look. What do you weigh? What's your intake? Okay, take 500 calories out, Steve. So give us some suggestions your book because I don't think it's actually super crazy, super difficult for some people to make small changes that make a big difference and help them with recomposition. What do you think? Morning high-intensity fasted cardio because that's going to force your body to tap into the fat stores in the body. And the nice thing about it is it's not going to burn off your muscle tissue. So that's going to be the weapon that a lot of you guys need to take advantage. So I'd rather you do 15 minutes of high-intensity cardio, okay, than complain, oh, I don't have time to do an hour of cardio. I don't have time to do 45 minutes on the elliptical at the gym. You get more calories burned, and you'll get more effects where your body has to tap into that stored energy from morning cardio, doing 15 minutes of high-intensity morning cardio than you would going on the elliptical at the gym for 45 minutes. You ever notice people at the gym on the elliptical? They always look the same. They've been doing it for two years. They go on the elliptical and they watch TV on the big TVs, you know, that they have in the gyms. And then they do the elliptical for 41 minutes and they look the same. They don't change because they spin their wheels. Now, is it better to do the elliptical and sit on the couch and, and eat chips? A little bit, but you still burn calories sitting on the couch and eating chips. That's That's the weird thing. So don't waste your time on cardio that doesn't do any impact. And the thing is they eat before they go to the gym, they eat after the gym. So what happens when you eat before the gym and eat after the gym, your body's gonna store that excess fat. So you're storing excess fat going to the gym and then burning off some energy and burning off some excess fat. So at the end of the day, you're just in the same place you were before. So we got to focus less on worrying, oh my God, I'm gonna lose muscle if I do cardio. It's not true. Again, it's the survival mechanisms that our body has in place. Plus, you're on these anabolic steroids anyway. And the anabolic steroids that you're taking are not going to let you lose muscle mass. So we Steve, know from I, I want to I want to interrupt yeah, here because I'm going to tell I'm going to remind you, and you're a great one on these ones, so-called restrictive eating and fasting. I think this would be great for recomposition, and that's kind of your area of expertise. Yeah, and that's the next thing I was going to talk about. After you do your morning fasted cardio, instead of going to Chick-fil-A and ruining it, which that's what you do, you just ruin your whole thing. I'm actually working with a client now who did that the other day and I had to I had to lay into them. I was like, look, you just ruin your entire workout. And they're like, Steve, what do you mean? You know, I'm like, dude, you just ruined your, you just were busted your ass doing fasted cardio for 30 minutes and then you go and you go to Chick-fil-A or you go to McDonald's. You, them, you, go to <laughs> you just ruined it. Yeah. Let it ride. Let head, it ride. Let that wave yes. ride for a little bit and then continue forcing your body to tap into energy in the body. But Steve, I'm going to burn away muscle. No, you're not. We Here's know, a great one, Steve. We know Sorry, that, that doesn't on, happen. That's doesn't Just on that particular subject, guys, and this is something that Steve's touched upon, right? So – it sounds like a silly thing because we've always had the anabolic window of opportunity, right? But I think Steve said this before, and I'm going to bring this in very quickly, Steve. The hour, supposed all hour, 90 minutes after a workout. When we're talking about this recomposition, and especially when it comes to losing body fat, if you're doing the right kind of training and diet, your metabolism speeds up. And I believe the metabolism, the, the increase is effective for about three hours 
after a good solid workout. Now that whether it's cardio or training. Now something that's interesting you, Steve, and you've touched upon this, and I'll let you come back in again, is not eating, never mind Chick-fil-A, not eating straight after a workout to get the best recomposition, to get the best fat loss. Touch on that. Yeah, and at the end of the day, look, at the end of the day, we have to understand because the way our bodies are set up, unless you're 2% or 3% body fat, okay, and then you do, you do, you know, you burn off more body fat, you, you do some, you know, you burn off calories, you're not going to burn muscle tissue. It's impossible, okay? So those of you who are listening to this, you're 20% body fat, you're 15% body fat, you're 10% body fat, whatever the case may be, you want to recomp. You don't need to worry that, oh, my God, I got to eat a meal. I got to eat a meal. You don't. You don't have to eat a meal. Let it ride for a while. Time-restricted eating. Try to eat in a two-hour window. So ideally, what I would tell you to do is dinner to dinner, 24 hours, and then just eat that one meal or eat two meals. Eat your first meal in the afternoon and then second meal for dinner. And then that would be much more ideal than wake up in the morning, throwing a shit ton of food at your body, going to the gym playing on the elliptical for 45 minutes, coming home, eating, and then eating every two hours. That's bro science. The whole eat every two hours thing is bro science. Your metabolism changes constantly. Whenever you eat food, your metabolism spikes. Okay. Whenever you fast, your metabolism comes back down to earth. That's your survival mechanism. But that doesn't matter. If people think, oh my God, I got to eat every two hours to keep my metabolism high throughout the day. It doesn't work like that. Okay, because it's not important that you keep your metabolism going from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. It's important that your body is using the energy that it has to to work you throughout the day for you to function throughout the day. It needs to use that body fat. Otherwise, you're not going to lose your body fat. And we see this all the time with fat people is that they listen to this bullshit. Oh, my God, I got to eat every two hours to keep my metabolism up. It's not what got you fat. It wasn't that your metabolism was low that got you fat. It was that you never put your body in a position to need to burn that excess fat. So again, 99% of you out there, unless you're 2 or 3% body fat listening to this, I don't know. Maybe you were just in a Russian prison labor camp for, for the past five years and you come and they starved you guys and you came out of there at 2% body fat. I don't know your situation, but I'm assuming 99.9% .9 of you are listening to this and you have too much body fat. Hell I do. I mean, I'm like seven or 8% body fat. And even I have too much body fat. Okay. And that's where I'm at year round. You have to constantly teach your body that I'm not going to give you food. You're going to have to use your own body fat to burn food. And that's the beauty of this recomp. That's how you can take advantage of this recomp. We want to keep your insulin levels down as much as possible throughout the day and not be elevated. Your insulin levels get elevated, then your glucagon levels go down, then your body is going to be constantly storing. And you're just going to spin your wheels on the stack. You're wasting your time. So do this stack the right way. And I'm not saying go and starve yourself. That's not what, what it is. I'm saying time-restricted eating and fasting is a weapon that you should be using, okay, in this. It's not about starving yourself. Starving would be I don't have any food. And like some kids around the world, they literally live in countries where they have no food. And, and even in America, we have 20% of our children go to bed hungry. That's starving, okay? You're not starving. You have a refrigerator full of food. You can – 
eat at any time you want. You can eat what you want when you want. You're listening to this podcast. You can afford the internet. You can eat what you want when you want. So it's not starving. So it's about controlling your body and you being in control of your body, not your body being in control of you. So it's very, very important to take advantage of that and take advantage of these anabolic steroids. This is the stack for you to do a lot of these things that you've never done before. The, the fasted cardio in the morning, a lot of guys are against it. Oh my God, I'm going to lose all my muscle if I do it. You're not. The fasting, oh my God, I'm going to lose my muscle if I fast. That's crazy. That's insanity. That's ridiculous. The rock doesn't fast. I, this is all the responses that I hear around the internet from ignorant people. This is what, this is the stack to do it. It's not going to be using trend or using a thousand milligrams of testosterone a week or any of that. But the primo and anavar stack that we're showing you is going to be the one to take things to the next level and start actually burning fat while maintaining or gaining muscle tissue at the same time. And this is how you're going to do it. So give this a shot. Okay. Give this a shot. And then really, really, you'll, I think you'll be impressed at your results. So I'm going touch on that really quick and then talk about parapharma. What separates Parapharma Primo and Parapharma Anavar from other brands? Right. So to talk about the recomposition before we finish off, guys, and, and I'll tell you all about why Parapharma is so fucking awesome. This is one of those taking control of the situation kind of uh, scenarios. Like I said, it might mean measuring or weighing food. It might mean, like Steve said, fasted cardio in the morning. doesn't have to be hours. It might mean you're doing that seven days a week instead of three, four days a week. It might mean taking a Tupperware tub to work and not having to explain to people at work what you're doing because that can be a pain in the ass. I know for some of you, it's I want to look good. What's the problem? It's not hitting the donuts and the cakes for someone's birthday again at work, like Steve was talking about earlier on. It might literally be just being that little bit more focused in the gym. And then like we talked about already, in combination with the Anavar, in combination with the Primo, making your body do what you want to do, gaining that control, making notes, running a log when you never normally run a log, having someone like us come in and look at your log and say, hey, man, get some delt work in there, get some traps in there. Let's have those little show muscles popping out so you suddenly start to look a little bit different. And like Steve said, when he was at work, people couldn't believe that he'd lost seven pounds. He was actually convinced that he'd added weight. And that, to me, would be an absolutely perfect recomposition. Like I said, it's not very good mother waving a magic wand, turning you from a nine-stone weakling into Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's just making small changes, a little bit of body fat gone, a little bit of muscle added, boom, you look different. People are commenting that shirt fits in a different way, like it's supposed to. Your belly's not pushing out against them bottom bottom ones, but it's actually pushing out against in the chest. It's that tiny bit tight around your more muscular neck or looser because you've lost a little bit of blubber off the chin. Whatever. That, to me, is a recomposition. That, to me, would be a transformation for most of our listeners, Steve, wanting to do that stuff. Now, why Parapharma? Parapharma, as, as and I actually think the date on their own website's wrong, Steve. I believe they've been around 13 years, not 12 years. Why is that important? Because you want a lab that's been around over a decade. You want a lab that's been out there for a long time because you don't get to stay a long time in this game with crap products. You don't get to stay a long time in this game with poor quality control. So what do we want? We want to be – and this is a stupid, stupid example, Steve. 
I've got, I think, I think I might have thrown them out now. I had for ages example of crashed product here. So if guys come over and we were talking about PEDs, like I say, this is what it looks like when it's shit. This is what it looks like when it's crashed. This is what it looks like when it's contaminated. You can still find examples of photographs of this kind of stuff on in it with like fly wings at the bottom of the vials, Steve, and all this kind of stuff. And those labs do not last. You can still find examples of piss poor people making steroids in their kitchen and in their lockups and in warehouses and stuff like that. There's videos of this kind of thing on YouTube. I've talked about this on other shows. We want a pharmaceutical-like company with solid quality control that's been around for a long time with certificates of analysis by independent outside laboratories, not in-house testing, outside testing. We want products, and this is the reason why companies become an approved source, because they're not just all the things I've already mentioned, which are positive, but also because we can go off and we can say, do you know what, have you, have you heard of this product? Have you heard of this company? Oh, yeah, I've used that. Uh, this is what happened when I was on that cycle. They, they might not like the PIP. But they might say, oh, but yeah, but the results are really, I hate the pip, Steve, but the results are really, really good. I, I, I was using 400 milligrams of this and I blew up like a motherfucker. That's the kind of stuff we like. So we want that kind of feedback. We want to be able to go on. As an example here, Steve, I, I, I've been around companies, 12 products. And in this day and age, that doesn't cut it anymore. So what are we looking at with Parafarma? 45 products. Some of those are variations on a the theme, of course. Do they have resellers? Yes. I can think of, and I looked just before this show, because we do our research as always, one of the biggest resellers in the business, and it carries pretty much every single Parapharma product that Parapharma produce. So that's the kind of thing you're looking for, Steve. You want, been around a long time, solid quality control, solid products, great feedback. Silly thing, and I've used this example before, was the simple fact that they've actually gone out of their way to design the look, which is just with the labeling and the sachets of the orals and their injectables to be colorfully different from other companies. And I talked about why that's actually a big deal, because quite simple, it's expensive. It's a lot easier to produce a label or a sachet that looks very, very similar, but with the Parafarma label on it, to every other company's product, because that you can buy those kind of things, the foils, the, the labels and stuff like that. The printing is a lot easier. If you say, no, no, I want my product to look different, and with 3D holograms and all that kind of stuff, it's expensive. And what does that mean? It's a massive investment by the company in that kind of thing, in the, in the order of hundreds of thousands of dollars per annum, Steve. I'm talking about every single fucking year. So stuff like that is what makes Parapharma a great source. What do you think, Steve, before we finish off? Anovar and Primabolin are two of the most faked steroids out there so if you buy that from your gym bro or some random source that you googled or something like that you're liable to get ripped off and 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 even more dangerously you're liable to be taking something else that you don't mean to take and that's what a lot, a lot of sources will do so they'll sell you anavar which is really winstrel or really t-bowl or really dianabol that's been going on for years i mean it's a whole it, it that that's been going on for years. So you got to make sure you're using a legitimate source. So as my officer said, Parapharma, when you order Parapharma Primabolin, you're getting Parapharma Primabolin. When you order Parapharma Anavar, you're getting Parapharma Anavar. There's no games. There's no BS. So it's very important to know what you're putting into your body. So I highly recommend 
Parapharma for that reason. Just to finish on that particular one, Steve, and as Steve knows, as we do this podcast, I'm running Parapharma products. And if that is not my own little stamp of approval, Steve, I don't know what is. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic and podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only for the freedom of speech and the First Amendment.